the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Happy Sunday to you, and I'm so glad that you have joined me today. Also, thank you for telling your friends about the show and the website and all that we, all these resources that we have for you. I want you to really take advantage of them. So thank you for joining me today, and I am going to do a show today about love. And I really thought about this, and the first thing that came to me was that old poem of how do I love you let me count the ways and I thought that is a really interesting phenomena that kind of that idea and so this is a sonnet and it's by Elizabeth Barrett um, Barrett Browning and it was written in 1806 that's when she lived 1806 to 1861 excuse me and so this goes to say how do I love thee let me count the ways I love thee to the depth and the breadth and the height my soul can reach when feeling out of sight for the ends of being and an ideal grace i love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need my sun and candlelight i love thee freely as men strive for right i love thee purely as they turn from praise i love thee with passion put to use In my old griefs and with my childhood's faith, I love thee with a love I seemed to lose. With my lost saints, I love thee with the breadth, smiles, tears of all my life, and, if God choose, I shall love thee better after death. I mean, what a sonnet. This is amazing when you think about this. 
with all with my last saints, with my lost saints, I love thee with the breath, the smiles, the tears of all my life, and if God choose, I shall love thee better after death. So this is about making gestures of love that mean something to you, to the person. To feel loved, to be wanted, to feel seen, to be appreciated, to be noticed. And thinking about those gestures, I want you to think about what does that mean to you to feel loved, to feel wanted, to feel seen, to feel appreciated, noticed? What are the gestures of love that give you those feelings? And maybe it should actually say how, maybe it should say something like, what are all the things I do to show you that I love you? Let me count the ways. Now, unfortunately, maybe I haven't given this enough uh, consideration and just assumed that you knew I loved you, right? How many times have we done that? We just assume that someone knows that we love them. Of course I love you. Why do I have to say it? Look at all these things that I do. And so when you think about this, or what if we thought about it like this? What are the things about you that I love? And let me count the ways. Imagine if somebody in your life said, hey, I just want you to know I think about you. And this is the stuff. When I think about you, this is the stuff I love about you. And there are so many things I love about you. So I want you to think about this. How about this? What if someone said, how do you love me? Let me count the ways. What if I said to my husband, how do you love me? I can't count very many ways. Or, how do you love me? Wow, I can count the ways. And so there's this idea of love languages, and I'm sure you've heard about this. But I want us to go back to this poem. It starts with, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways. That means that the person that's saying, how do I love you? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you how I love you. How do I do this for you? I love thee to the depth and the breadth and the height. And my soul, my soul loves you. And this is where we want to think about if I'm professing love towards someone, something, a pet, whatever that may be, an organization, right? We want to say to ourselves, what does it mean if I'm professing to love? So this is about making gestures of love that mean something to you. This is about knowing what means something to you. And how many times have you experienced that you love someone and you did something, you, ha- you thought about it, you worked on it, this gesture of love for them, and it like sunk you know, <laughs> just like didn't make it. And you think to yourself, but it was so meaningful to me. I loved this person. And everything that I just did or said didn't make the mark, didn't, didn't hit the way I wanted it to, didn't match what I wanted. And so this is where I want you to think about. When we are telling people that we love them, it's very, very important to know how they want to be loved. Instead of just saying, I love you, 
And so this poem from Elizabeth Barrett Browning says, How do I love you? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and the breadth and the height my soul can reach when feeling out of sight. For the ends of being an ideal grace, I love thee to the level of every day's. And so she's saying, I love thee freely. I love thee purely. I love thee with passion. And so this is where we want to think about what is love really to me? What am I saying to this person when I say I love you? You know, and we say it freely in many ways, like love you, I love you too, right? I'm not saying those are those are inappropriate gestures. I think they're wonderful. I grew up in a family that didn't really say loving things. They did loving actions all the time, so we were kind of led to assume they loved us. And so when I was um, in college, I, I moved back from Los Angeles to my parents' home, and I started going to a church that was a very charismatic church, and I had never been to a charismatic church, and I was like, this is crazy town for me, right? Well, I kept going. And what happened was people were hugging me. They were telling me that they loved me, that we're glad you're here. All these gestures I did not grow up with. And I started feeling it. And I thought, wow. So what did I do? I go home. I start giving this all to my family. Now, at first they thought I was crazy. They're like, okay, what is she doing now, right? But I started saying, I love you to my family. I started hugging people. In, in my family, I started telling them how glad I was to see them or what I appreciated about them. And I loved them. And so now in my family, everybody says I love you. Not like I get any credit for it, right? <laughs> but I'm glad that people in my family are so freely able to say, I love you. So what we want to think about are these gestures of love. So we all have ways that we want to love someone. That feels natural to us. But what if that's not really what makes them feel loved? What if I'm giving them a gift of love that maybe doesn't fit for them? And so I want to make sure that the person I'm loving, right, that they are actually experiencing the love I am giving them. So maybe it should actually say this poem, you know, it should actually say, what are all the things I do to show you that I love you? Let me count those ways. Now, unfortunately, maybe I haven't given this any consideration. And I just assumed that you knew I loved you. Or what are the things that, that I love about you? What are the gestures, the nuances, the quirkiness about you that I, I actually love about you? And so when we think of how do you love me, let me count the ways. Well, have you had people in your life that said, you say I love you, but I don't really ever feel it. I don't believe it. Or you've done all these gestures that I love, but I wasn't sure if you were doing it because you loved me. Maybe you were doing it because you thought it was the right thing to do. So when we think about this, we go back to this, you know, wonderful um, book, The Five Love Languages, that really helps us to understand how to love someone in a way that is actually truly meaningful to them. 
So that, that forces us to get to know the person. See, there's a lot of people we don't take the time to get to know them. We just assume that if I like it, they'll like it. Or we like, you know, see a commercial, we read a book, we see somebody else do something, and we just go, oh, I could do that. But we don't really take the time to know the person well enough to know what would actually cause them to feel loved, to feel wanted, to feel seen. And so what are those things? Now, one of the ways that you can figure some of this out is if you first have to know yourself. So you kind of have to know what makes you feel loved. What are the things that cause you to feel loved? It might be time. It might be service. It might be money. It might be gifts. You don't ever have to, you know, apologize for whatever really causes you to feel loved. But what's most important is that you own that. If that's how you're made, if that's how God made you, and that's what makes you feel loved, then as an adult, I recommend that you let the people in your life know about it and not force them to have to somehow figure it out on their own. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me as we talk more about this wonderful poem, How Do I Love You? Let Me Count the Ways. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And we are talking about this idea of love. I ran across this poem that is a very old poem, and it was written by Elizabeth Barrett Browning, and she lived from 1806 to 1861. And the reason that I thought this was so powerful is to think about love really is love all the time. But we have to figure out what actually feels loving to someone. So she wrote this poem, and it's, How do I love you? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and the breadth and the height that my soul can reach when feeling out of sight for the ends of being an ideal grace. I love thee to the level of every day's, every day's most quiet need by sun and candlelight. I love thee freely as men strive for right. I love thee purely as they turn from praise. I love thee with a passion put to use in my old griefs and with my childhood's faith. I love thee with love I seem to lose with lost saints. I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life. And if God choose, I shall love thee better after death. So think about that beautiful poem, how much it encapsulates the power of truly loving someone. Now, this is a romantic love, and so we have different ways to love people. And we talked in the last segment a lot about this idea of love languages. And now I want to kind of dive into that, because love languages, like let's say, acceptance, forgiveness, time, space, you know, um, how do I feel when I'm with you? How do I hope you feel when you're with me? This all has to do with a part of being loving. Now, I can love a stranger, which means if I open the door for them, that's actually a loving gesture. It's not just polite. 
It's a loving gesture. I'm making life easier for that person as I hold the door open. And so when, when you think about this, these love languages, it's how do I feel when I'm with you? And, and I want to really reiterate that. You know that feeling. It's kind of like an aroma that you think you're having a good time with the person. Everything's kind of going great. You overlook a couple of things and you walk away and all those good feelings that you had while you were with them kind of start to go away. Like you're like, I don't know if I really like that person. I, wow, I felt good when I was there. But what lingers, the aroma that lingers, I, I'm not sure I really like that person and I don't know why. So when we think about love languages, we have to discover about you. And I, that this is me. If I'm loving you, I have to discover about you what I never knew. And maybe what other people, what they don't know. And so when we are loving someone, it is an investigative process. So think about this. If I'm forgetting, if I'm forgiving, if I practice acceptance, maybe that's how I love you. Maybe I forget things that you did that I otherwise might have had to confront. Maybe I'm a quite forgiving person, which always leads to acceptance. And that's how I love you. So the problem is I probably need to learn how to love you instead of assuming that the way I love feels good to you. See, we have this tendency to want to love people the way that we feel love. But the most loving thing I could do is to love you the way you want to be loved. This means I may need to do things that aren't very exciting to me or fun or invigorating. But if I do them you feel great. And really, maybe that's the point. So knowing what someone sees or feels or understands as love is extremely important. Otherwise, it's, it's kind of like accolades. It's nice things that you say, you had a good time while you were there. But do they leave feeling loved? Do they leave feeling known? So maybe I'll have to do things that are uncomfortable for me not even fun or exciting. You know, maybe I'll have to dress or act a certain way, right? Maybe I'll have to alter some things. Maybe I have to alter my language. So how do I really love you? How do I do that? Well, I'm going to give you some very basic things that cause people to feel very, very loved. The first one is, I see you. How many times have you been with someone that they're right there, very close to you, you're doing something together, and you feel like you keep having to try to get their attention. Like, look up here, look up here, right? What's going on? Where are you? And there's so much maybe in their head or already to the next moment that you don't even feel like they even know that you're there. So this is a really important thing for you to be able to say, hey, you're here physically, but relationally, I don't know where you are. So I see you. That's a huge, huge thing for humans. And, and refer back to the show when we talked about the still face video. And that's that idea of the need to be seen. And we have that beautiful Bible verse that God says, I am the God who sees you. So how about this? How do you feel if someone says, hey, I know you? 
I know you. Of course that would hurt your feelings. I know you. Of course you'd be scared. Or I know you. Yes, that would be so exciting. And so that is you. That is you. And I'm so glad for you. See, that's the being seen. How about you're safe with me? That's a huge process that we go through. And it's an incredibly important human need is safety. And this is why we want to think about, is this person safe for me? Now, I'm not talking about Jeffrey Dahmer or something like that. Hopefully, I don't have to talk to you about that. But what we're talking about is, do I feel safe with this person or do I leave the interaction with them thinking, oh, why did I tell them that? I shouldn't have told that much. They're probably going to tell other people. It felt so good while I was talking about it, but now I wish I wouldn't have ex- you know, exposed myself so much. So this part of being safe with someone means that you have acceptance and they practice tolerance with you and forgiveness and they are wanting you to grow into being the person that God has called you to be. They don't want to get in the way of that. And they, they are very forgiving of your foibles. And even if the foible is like a big disaster, right? You know, we have people that have struggled with so many different things. What if someone that you know and love has a DUI? What if someone that you know and love got pregnant and wasn't, didn't, didn't realize it until later? Oh, my gosh, now we have to do something. So this is what we want to think about. Are you safe with that person? So is that person I'm telling all these things to, are they safe to tell them? So I want you to think about, hey, I can handle moments of immaturity, losing the program, mistakes of varying sizes, and I can still practice radical acceptance and forgiveness and not judging them. If it's a habit, that's a different problem. That's a different issue. So I have to really work on my body language, my tone of voice. Do I look at you with soft, loving eyes? Or do I roll my eyes and look away? So we're going to really go into this next segment of the show. And we're going to talk specifically about the five love languages. And you understanding what your love language is so that you can also love others well. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. And I also really want to thank you again, repeatedly, for introducing the show to many of your friends and family. I, I really appreciate that. And for buying the book, Wars to Peace, that has just come out. And I also still have the one, God Wants You Truly Living, Not Walking Dead. And that's a very helpful book as well. So we today are talking about love and how do we love people? And I read the sonnet from um, Elizabeth Barrett Browning where it says, How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and the breadth and the height my soul can reach. When feeling out of sight for the ends of being an ideal grace, I love thee to the level of every day's. Every day's most quiet need by sun and candlelight. I love thee freely, as men strive for right. I love thee purely, 
as they turn from praise. I love thee with passion put to use. In my old griefs and with my childhood's faith, I love thee with a love I seemed to lose. With my lost saints, I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life, and if God choose, I shall love thee better after death. What a beautiful sonnet. And so we talked a lot about this, this radical acceptance, this forgiveness of being tolerant of people. And so I really wanted to talk about these five love languages. And I looked this up, and I'm sure that you remember Gary Chapman, and he wrote the book on five love languages. And what he's talking about is that you can really learn to love your partner in a way that'll better, that they will better receive. And you might be asking yourself, how can I do that? There's languages of love. So the truth is that falling in love is often easy and fun. But building and maintaining an intimate relationship, that involves conscious effort. So understanding and even changing the way you show love is kind of in line with these five love languages. And how can you improve your relationship by adding in communication and really having overall satisfaction? So this, this book was popularized in 1992, and it talks about the five ways we express and receive love, and it is thought to really truly be the key to healthy and happy relationships. And even though it was done in 1992, it is still serving the population so very well. And the book details that there are different ways to express and receive love and that each person appreciates certain types more than others. Just as if I'm speaking Spanish to a person who only speaks Spanish, you know, wow, if I'm speaking English and they only speak Spanish, we're going to have a lot of trouble. So speaking the wrong love language is a sure way many times to get intentions mixed up and lost in the translation. So it really can help. And this idea of what are the five love languages? Well, the, the love languages are preferred ways in which we would like to be shown love. What does that mean? It means that the way someone is loving me actually resonates with me. I actually feel it as love. And so these are preferred ways and preferred methods for receiving what we would say emotional nourishment in a relationship. And so when we look at these five love languages, what we find is that everybody tends to fall a little bit higher on some of them and a little bit lower on some of them. It isn't like you're just one and that's all it is. So we kind of have, we, we kind of borrow from other languages of love, but we usually have one that's pretty static for who we are. And so these are acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. So these areas of love and how we gesture our love falls into these five categories. Now, you may have already figured this out. You may have done this years ago, but I think it's worth repeating to recognize that, wow, if I really loved this person the way that it really meant something to them, it would be a lot easier for me and a lot more meaningful for them. See, when I'm trying to love someone in a way that doesn't really do it for them, like they might get it and feel kind of good, but it's a lot of effort on my part and maybe a lot of effort on their part to accept it. 
So we want to really think about, hey, when I'm loving someone, I can love them better if I actually know what's meaningful to them, what really works for them. And so when we think about the acts of service or receiving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch, well, the acts of service, that means, wow, someone does the dishes for me because I'm too tired, right? So join me in the next segment as we talk more about the five love languages and understanding them more deeply. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining with me today. And also, I want you to continue to tell your friends about the show and all the things that we have on social media for you. And I really enjoy the process that we go through and and the thought that goes into all the things we put out online because they really are there for you to become the best version of you. And to really enjoy who you are and have confidence about who you are. So we're talking today about love. And love is a very, very important concept and quality that all humans, all mammals, anything alive needs love. And so I came across that very famous sonnet by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. And it's, How Do I Love Thee? Let Me Count the Ways. I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach when feeling out of sight. For the ends of being and ideal grace, I love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need by sun and candlelight. I love thee freely. I love thee purely. I love thee with passion put to use. Interesting, isn't that? I love thee with passion put to use. In my old griefs and with my childhood's faith, I love thee with a love I seem to lose with lost saints. I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life. And if God choose, I shall but love thee better after death. So think about that. This is the 1800s. This is how important it is for humans to feel loved. So as we talk about the five love languages and really understanding what those are, it's very much a way to streamline your relationship. Because if I really just give someone what they actually need, it ends up growing inside of them and they usually then need less. See, it's kind of like the person that's been starving, right, for three weeks and we give them a huge meal. And they eat the whole entire meal and they're still not satisfied because they haven't been eating for a long time. So what happens when we're not managing our relationships, they start to kind of get lonely and that relationship also gets unsatiated so that, wow, there's all these needs that start popping up because I haven't been keeping track of that relationship. So when we look at the five love languages, There are like five that that he has, that Gary Chapman has figured out. And it's the preferred ways in which we would like to be shown love. And so these are preferred ways and preferred methods 
for actually receiving emotional nourishment in a relationship. So when we think about that, then realize that there are five love languages, and the first one is acts of service. The second one is receiving gifts. We have quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. So the reason this is so paramount is it helps us to streamline the effort we put into our relationships. Because now we're not like shooting in the dark. What we're really doing is saying, this is a home run. If acts of service is important to my husband, then I can fix a whole bunch of things by simply giving him what he needs. He can do the same for me. And so we don't want to judge any of the five different love languages, but we want to think about, see, for acts of service, this love language means where actions speak louder than words. So do you know somebody in your life that you can talk to them all day long, but unless you act on it, it doesn't mean anything to them? So this person identifies with this love language and appreciates being shown their partner's actions, like how much they are cared for. So some of these actions might include, I don't know, taking something off their plate or going out of your way to do something for them. You know, this is where we want to think about anything actionable with the message being, I care about you. See, if I do things, I'm caring for that person. Well, what if your love language is receiving gifts? Now, this one always kind of gets a bad rap because people think it's kind of, I don't know, um, you know, somehow it's not really having great depth, okay? Like gift, receiving gifts is somehow like, okay, that's kind of quaint. But really what it means for the person that loves to receive gifts is it means that you actually see me. So when my husband buys something for me, I know it's because he knows me. And so he knows what would really make me happy. And so the gift, it doesn't matter. It could be, you know, a roll of Mentos because he knows how much I love those. So he comes home and he goes, hey, look what I bought you. And it's Mentos. And I feel wonderful. So it's not about the money. It's not about how big it is. It's about giving you something that you really like, that you enjoy, that matches who you are. So the next one is quality time. So quality time refers to uninterrupted focus, okay? That people are getting together, and usually it's two people, it can be more, but it's that time that you are spending with someone. And I can give you a great example of this. When I see clients, my assistants and office mate, no, you don't knock on the door when we're in a session. See, that uninterrupted focus and time is very important to that person. Now, if the building is burning down, that's different. But to just, hey, drop their head in and say, hey, how's it going? Just wanted to say hi and let you know I'm in the office. That's the thing that for a person that has quality time as one of their main love languages, they're going to want to get up and walk out. And so this is where we want to think about. It's about prioritizing the time we have together. It's truly giving your partner that attention or your client or your best friend or kid. It's connecting on an emotional level. It's actively listening. It's that 
idea that, wow, I can really start to talk out loud and tell you how I'm feeling because I won't be interrupted. So it's really helpful to plan for quality time because otherwise it's really tough and you might have to stop in the middle of it. So you really want to take the time and say, hey, I've carved out some time for us just to kind of talk, just to just to like see where we're at and how we're doing and what's going on with you and what you're feeling. And so quality time can also be anything. It can be going out to dinner. It can be walking around the block. It could be, you know, watching a movie together. It, it can be doing the laundry together if you're just doing it together. So think about that. If that fits for you or someone in your life. Well, how about words of affirmation? See, these are the things, these people that want words of affirmation want to be seen. So this is a like appreciation or words of praise. It's any sort of verbal or written communication that shows your partner, friend, office mate, how much they are loved and why. So think about how to give somebody words of affirmation that actually mean something to them, that let them know that they are seen. So you can say how flexible they are, how gentle, how kind, how compassionate, whatever that might be. And so physical touch, this is another love language. If you feel comfortable, loved, and secure when you're physically connected to your partner, best friends, family, physical touch might be the primary love language. This is using your body to express connection and love. So when we think about physical touch, that means that somebody comes in and pats you on the back, shakes your hand, you know, gives you a hug, does something for you. So this is part of being in someone's life. So it also includes sexual intimacy, like making an active effort to hold hands, hug, kiss, snuggle on the couch. Any of these things that help that person know that I just like being with you, next to you, like creating our own kind of a bubble. So when you think about your love language, I want you to really investigate this. You can go online. They have the quizzes that you can take and you can find out really quickly what is your love language. So the benefits of understanding love languages is that you're, you're really streamlining your relationship because instead of giving them things they don't really want and they're having to say thank you for, you're actually giving them what they need. And they're going to feel more satisfied in their relationship. So when you think about this entire thing, and we go back to how do I love you? Let me count the ways. So how do you love that person? How do you love you? Are you unwilling to give you what you need? Are you unwilling to do that? You wait for someone else to give it to you. And so when we think about this, how do I love thee? Hmm, I think it comes down to the do, doesn't it? How do I love you? Am I willing to learn how you need to be loved? Am I refusing to do what you need to know that you're loved? Am I trying to take shortcuts? Am I lazy in the relationship? Am I, am I saying, hey, I don't really want to be a part of this. I, you know, okay, I'll do it. You know, I, I'll do it. I promise I'll do it. But nobody's really feeling it. So this is what I want you to think about. If I love someone, 
I need to do something. So when this, this poem here says, how do I love thee? I think it's important to recognize the do. What do you do? What do you say? How do you act? Are you someone that says, hey, I'll be on time, because you know that person really values being on time? That's loving them. How about if it's someone that, you know, they don't know how to do something. They need help on their computer. And you say, you know, I can do that for you. And instead of going, oh, gosh, this is what I do for a living. Why do I have to do it again? It's being able to say, that's something I can do for you so that you actually have concrete experiences of me loving you. And this is why it's important for you to also recognize you. What do you need? If you understand your love language, then you will better be able to make sure you get those needs met. And not in a weird way, you know, but that you'll really be able to say, hey, this would really help me. Would you mind? And this is why it is so important that we recognize humans, mammals, right? Anything red-blooded needs to be seen, needs to be heard, needs to be touched, needs to be wanted. And so we have to recognize that that's in our DNA. And then we have these ancillary things that kind of break it down into categories that say, well, what's your love language? What, what can I do for you? Do you just want me to sit next to you? And we can just kind of maybe hang out. I'll watch a movie with you. We can go for a walk. How about let's make something. Let's be creative together. Any of these things that help you to really understand that I am really doing some great work in making this relationship viable, that it can stand the test of time, that it can rebound. And this is where you want to make sure that you are understanding your own love language so that you're not competing with someone else when they're needing something. And this means that, you know, when I go into an interaction with someone, I may need to, as an adult, say, I might not get my needs met in this interaction, but I can still meet their needs. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me as we continue with love languages and really how we know when we're loved. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please Take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments 
about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.